0: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
2: Milwaukee, start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, sports cars, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, here's your
3: host, Steve Saki. Hey, welcome to the Final Inspection Show, of course brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Make sure you get off to Great Lakes Dragway this weekend. Lots of fun stuff happening holiday weekend, so... You can uh, not only get out there today and tomorrow, but also Monday on this holiday weekend. Joining us on the great Midwest Bank Hotline, we appreciate him taking time out on his busy holiday weekend. It is Dave Coleman. Welcome, welcome to the show, sir.
4: Hey, Steve. Glad to join you. You know, as long as we got the Indy 500 tomorrow. Oh, wait.
3: <laughs> it would be, it certainly no. has been a different, you know, for me, I guess I've been keeping busy enough. It hasn't really kind of set in yet, and uh it's 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 i've been like like, i've been telling everybody i'm trying to get as many projects done as i can at least at least as i'm getting stuff done you know i'll feel better and then we'll see how hot it is down there in august when we go (laughs) down there but uh yeah it's going to be interesting to see but uh you know i've been you know i as i told i was over at some friend's house uh, yesterday and i said you know they were like ah well we usually go Sit in the uh, you know in our garage and, and watch a race, and I said, well, you know what, you can watch pretty much all the races now on YouTube. Except, you know the 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 full you know television coverage, you know dating back to '67 now. So I sent her some YouTube clips, and I said, keep yourself busy. So there you go.
4: Yeah, that's a good, yeah. plan.
3: good plan. And uh, you know, in about three was it three or three four weeks, uh, we were going to have Indy cars at Road America and that's been postponed but we get to double our pleasure don't we uh in july with uh the indycar moving to the july uh 10th through 12th weekend at Road america
4: i was trying to figure out how what a double header does to my double broth consumption seems like there's a correlation i I should get some more or something i don't know
3: yeah that's. we should uh, call it <laughs> i got a name the the colon buster twin indycar grand prix oh, oh, oh.
4: you're you're on to something <laughs> I hope my cardiologist is not listening. Uh, yeah, that is, uh, that was, that was a surprise to me. I gotta say. Um, and I think, well, it came together in five days from, from conception through, uh, announcement, which is just mind boggling when you think of what the, uh, what all that entails. I mean, I know these are strange times, but guys put deals together a year ahead of time. This one was like, well, Let's see. We could move things by three weeks and double the number of races. Yeah, sure. Why not? Let's do it. What do you? You know, what are you doing Thursday?
3: It's crazy. How much better is IndyCar off in this situation when having Roger Penske at the helm? <laughs> uh,
4: boy, that's uh, that's a really interesting question. Certainly, Roger commands that respect. I mean, he's earned respect over what sixty years or uh, or more. And, um, that sure can't hurt, but, you know, we want to give credit to Roger, but I think you also, you can't forget about his team. I mean, Jay Fry knows what he's been doing, He you know, what he's doing. He's been making a lot of, a lot of things work over the last couple of years since he got there and, and got a promotion. And, you know, he, he deserves a lot of credit. Um, Mark miles, you know, so, no question about it. Roger is a leader. Uh, Roger surrounds himself with good people and and lets them do their job. And so it that's uh, just that was phenomenal. Would that have happened five years ago? Would that have happened two years ago? I think that's <laughs> that's the implication here. I don't know. I don't know if they'd have been able to make that. I don't even know if they'd have been able to make it happen. Much less let make it happen in five days.
3: Right. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, five years ago, I don't think so. Possibly two years ago, but I think it just shows the st- the stability that IndyCar finally has at the top. And and yeah. with, with with Penske is just the uh as a you know is the just the cherry on top of the ice cream. You know, it's it's really and and, and you see what Penske is able to do just with working with manufacturers. You know he's had a racing program with pretty much every manufacturer that that's been out there, dating all the way back to AMC in the early 70s, and he's able to move between them. The guy never burns bridges, and everybody's right. happy to work with him. And I think that that it's just, you know, we were talking about it in the show a week or two ago. You know how, how, how you know how valuable. I mean, he's having him at the helm through all of this. With the Indy 500, I mean, you know, it just, six months ago, if you would have said, you know, there's a chance that, you know, they might run the Indy 500 in August, you're like, oh, come on, you know, that'll never (laughs) happen. And and just all the changes that, that has occurred in this world, over the last you know 60 to 90 days and is incredible and having Penske in charge I think really is is mind-boggling and you yeah, know you and, and Mike Kirshner too you got to give kind of a tip of the hat uh, from Road America too uh, what, what what did he talk to you about the, the, yeah, that deal I mean
4: it is amazing he, we we started kind of by, by joking and Mike and I talked for probably a good half hour and there's a lot of a lot of good stuff to come just about the whole the craziness of this season in general, um, all of the things that they've had to do at Road America to, to, to deal with this and deal with the shuffling and, you know, how do you do a race without fans? And then how do you get ready when fans do come back? But we started with just joking about, you know, this is Mike's second, second season in this job. Um, I think he's really glad. This didn't happen a year ago, <laughs> but he joked about it, you know, calling George is his, uh, his predecessor, and going, "Um, George, I've, I've been looking through the desk, and I'm not finding the manual on how to deal with the pandemic, so if you can point me to it. Hey, man, there's been no books written on this. Nobody knew what they were getting into, and uh, that is a, the nice thing about Road America is it is a, a, a nimble group. They're, they, you know, it's a huge property. They do a ton of different things. So, strange isn't, <laughs> strange to them isn't quite as strange as it would be to other people, but clearly there's no, no, no guidebook for this. And, uh, you know, you, you, you gotta make moves on the fly. And, and so far, I, I th- I'm really impressed with what they have been able to do, you know, as far as taking a motorcycle race and still having it to, because that helped the, the series. But then also having another one which helps them with the fans and their sponsors, hey, that's a great way to deal with that. Um, being able to move, make a move like like this with IndyCar, well, we'll see. I mean, there's there's going to be some people it's going to be hard on, but if you can still put a good crowd in there in July, get twice as much TV for all the all the partners, you know, all of all the people who have signage around the around the park. Put a halfway decent crowd in there at a time when nobody knows what to do about sporting events and fans. Uh, that'll be mind-boggling. It just it'll be tremendous. And the uh, they've already you know they've already had camping, so they got a little they've got their feet wet a little bit on, on how to deal with that. Uh, they're still doing the four miles fitness thing, so they've got you know, a couple hundred people or 200 people. Um, Spending a couple hours there, walking around the track or riding their bikes, and so they're they're learning with every little every little step here. So um, they've been they've been amazing, and you know Mike's leadership. uh, It'll be it'll be fun to watch this year. That's for sure.
3: And uh, what, what what's on your uh, schedule f- for the summer? I'm sure the fans are wondering uh, w- w- where do you plan on going next, or well, how does that work uh, f- for you? Is it just kind of everything's penciled in? Obviously, I'm thinking, right?
4: Yeah. Well, I'm going to take the memo that I that I wrote in December and January, and move that to trash, and, and basically start over. I mean, we're going to. Mm-hmm. Now we're gonna do the bikes next weekend at Road America and kinda of see see what happens. I, I don't know, that might be really hard to cover. I don't know that we're gonna have a lot of access. There's not gonna be any fans there. But we'll do something. We'll make it work. Um you know the certainly Road America stays the major Road America races stay on my schedule. Um you know, Slinger Nationals, that so far is is in the same spot. Uh yeah, we'll adjust. I mean, I hope to get the End um for the 500. Mm-hmm. Brickyard, that was never on my schedule, but who knows these days, you know? We're just there, There's going to be a lot of things that uh, we're going to have to just kind of figure out on the fly.
3: Well, I think that Brickyard race will be really uh, interesting, especially with the Xfinity on the road courses. And then you got the IndyCar, you know, IndyCar Weekend 2 when they announced it at the time. I said that's going to be a huge weekend. And now you know you you have all these people that are so you know thirsty, uh, in in uh, Indiana looking for you know racing. I think that that may be a huge event. It'll be interesting to see how how they they handle the crowd and how many they can put in there, how many want to come, how many right. you know. It, it's it's going to be really interesting to see how that all works out.
4: Yeah, I would. I mean, I, I I can't imagine them being allowed to do anything anywhere near capacity. I don't know if the demand would be. I mean, it certainly hasn't been for the brickyard lately. Um, but what kind of limitations they'll have on cr- on crowd? How that'll like you said. I mean, there is this this pent up desire now um, that makes that probably a little more enticing than than it would on a normal year. But it, it is it's all weirdness. I mean, <laughs> it, I, I would. The, the funny thing about this conversation is, I would love to tell you I knew what was going to happen, but I can't. And even if I did and I told you that we could have the same conversation next week and I would have to tell you something entirely different. Probably, <laughs> you know, it's just even, you know, even change changes all the time here.
3: And, uh, last final question. We're talking with Dave Coleman of the Milwaukee journal Sentinel. And, uh, are you good? My question is, are you going to be shooting birds and not with a gun, but with a camera this weekend?
4: <laughs> well, I just happened to do uh would be chasing a few warblers here, uh, before we were doing this i'm i am coming to you live from uh, uh whitnell park so okay in, enjoying a great day out with my wife and uh and uh and you and a radio audience so it's uh it's a great day for that we may not have a 500 but we might as well make the most of the weekend right
3: yes <laughs> um, I had some yeah, you know, I had some buddies over last week, and they're like, "Boy, you're like really into these birds." I said, "Yeah, why not? I mean, it, it's kind of cool. I just, it, it's a weird thing. I, you know, I, I, I have a, you know, I'm on two acres, and, and, uh, you know, about almost one acre of it is heavily wooded, so it's, it, it's great for birds. Unfortunately, I don't have a lot of warblers out here in Big Bend in Vernon area, but a lot of yeah, well, it, orioles it, and catbirds and.
4: They're thick in here, and they're bright and colorful. And if we could put some numbers on them, you know, it would, it would, uh, you know, it would just look like normal.
3: How, how big of a lens are you shooting with? A 200 or 300 or? Um, oh, 600, how long, 150 say. to 600 zoom. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. All right. So,
4: yes, so I have a smart don't. shoulder when it's all done.
3: <laughs> yeah, I believe it. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, I, we certainly appreciate you taking time out, Dave, and looking forward to seeing you at the track later this summer.
2: Yeah, thank you so much.
3: Take care. All right, that, that was Dave Coleman on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline.
2: Has your passion outgrown your home? A Great Midwest Bank renovation loan may give you the space it deserves. Visit greatmidwestbank.com today. Simply local lending since 1935.
3: Coming up next, we're going to talk with Larry Janicek playing Three Questions with Larry. Coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. <laughs> And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, Steve Zaki, and uh, M- Memorial Day weekend. And of course, um, Memorial Day weekend—you think of the Indy 500, the Coke 600, but also Great Lake Dragway. Make sure you get, if you're able to, get out to Great Lake Dragway with this weekend. Lots of things happening on this Memorial Day weekend at Great Lake at the legendary Great Lake Dragway in Union Grove. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is Larry Janasek. Welcome back to the show, sir.
5: Thank you very much, Steve. Pleased to and, be on on Memorial Day weekend, where we give uh, all praise to the veterans who gave their life for our country. As the saying goes, "All gave some, some
3: gave all." This is true. This is true. And we we mentioned that in the first hour, you know, I you know, we appreciate all the veterans that have served and. and but this this weekend is actually for those yes who gave who gave all, and and it's certainly let's not forget that. I mean. We're appreciative of all all the veterans that are out there, but this is, you know, specifically Memorial Day and for those who gave the greatest sacrifice. So, uh, thinking about them this weekend, uh, Larry, what is the first question? Well, first of all, I have to say
5: like Kyle Bush, (laughs) uh, made a mistake the last time he was out. The last time I was on the show, I made a mistake. It Uh didn't cost anybody a chance to win the race. But it had to do with the father-son most career IndyCar wins. And it doesn't do anything with the top finishers. But I'm going to give you a chance to uh, see if you know who this add-on is. The father had four wins. The son had two two wins. It puts him sixth in the list with six wins total. And uh,
3: if you want, I'll give you a little hint. Yeah, please.
5: The Suns' two wins were last year. That's how I missed it.
3: As oh, Brian it was, Herda. Brian and Colton. Yep, Brian
5: Herda? Herda had four wins,
3: and Colton has two.
5: So that gives him a total of six, six wins, and puts him six on the list.
3: You know, if you want to ask me how many wins Brian Herda had. I would probably have said two or maybe three. I, to be honest, I did not know he had four wins. It's interesting.
5: Yeah, it's really really surprising. Yeah. And of course they'll uh, they'll be moving up the list unless something physically happens to Colton because he's a real talent.
3: He, probably the hottest, yeah, the hottest uh, driving talent in the IndyCar series. Uh, young driving talent in the Indy series, uh, certainly. All right, what do we got for today? Okay, I'm going to throw you a bone
5: on this first question. Going back, I'm using the same list that I did last week for the father-son. That's a list of uh, IndyCar wins, including AAA, USAC, CART, Champ Car, IRL, and the Indy Series. What two brothers have combined to win the most career IndyCar races?
3: Well, that's going be Al and Bobby. Al and Bobby Unzer.
5: You got it, buddy boy, for sure. By far, uh, Big Al 39, Bobby 35 for a total of 74. Now, second part of the question, What? who are second and third? Second is uh, that combination has got 41 wins and third has got 37 wins. And you want a hint? Uh, yeah. The hint is, all in the family.
3: Carol and I'm going to give, you,
5: I'm gonna give and you another hint. <laughs> Rob, uh, and Carl, Reiner,
3: Rob Reiner and Carl Reiner.
5: <laughs> no. <laughs> no. The, the other hint may give it to you. Uh, for some years in this tallying of these wins, Pike's Peak counted.
3: I know you don't like dead air. You want me to give it to you? Um, boy, I'm trying to think of who had been up there that one also one at Pikes Peak. I'm thinking Mario Andretti, but Aldo wouldn't be on there. And ah, uh, uh, boy, remember Jones, Paul it... Jones. Remember yeah. what your
5: first answer was?
3: Yeah. Alan, Bobby,
5: Unser. Yes, and okay. my next hint was all in the family.
3: It's not helping me. Second in the list
5: with 41 wins together is uh, Al Unser and Louie Unser. Al with 39 and Louie with 2 for 41. And in third place with 37 wins is Bobby Unser with 35 and Louie with 2.
3: Okay yeah I've totally uh-huh. yeah i don't even yeah I wasn't even thinking Louie or Pike speak even with that yeah you,
5: okay you want to, you wanna take a
3: crack at the fourth
5: place finisher, and I believe both of these drivers one had eight wins, one had one win for a total of nine for fourth place, and I believe all of them were during the i r l period, and this is one that really surprised me. Not and uh, give you another hint. The Buells. Their father, who did drive Indy cars, just passed away recently.
3: Oh, the Lazier. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jacques Lazier won at Chicagoland Speedway. So yeah, Jacques <laughs> and Buddy Lazier. Yeah, Buddy uh, won eight times and Jacques won once. Yeah, I remember that. And let okay, me just tell yeah. you,
5: the the next one on the list, I believe, have has a Wisconsin connection. George Robson with six and Hal Robson with one and didn't one of those
3: guys end up living or did live in northern wisconsin no you're thinking of i think george Amick.
5: oh okay you're correct yeah. exactly
3: yeah, and then the hard. last
5: one the last one on the list with three wins between them was louis chevrolet with two and gaston chevrolet with one
3: okay all right and Ga- gaston chevrolet of course was 1920 indianapolis 500 was killed at beverly hills board track later that year so man uh okay
5: here's the uh you've been made almost on a uh, unanimous vote the czar of all motorsports hall of fames and you must select one forgotten deserving inductee for the nascar hall of fame the indianapolis motor speedway hall of fame and for the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame,
3: one well, person—not the same one, but one person uh, yeah. for each of those. I'm Thinking for the NASCAR Hall of Fame because I know he won't get in, but he should be in. Maybe not in the next year or two, but should be definitely in the next five. Uh, would be Smokey Eunuch for the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, be. Let's see for the uh, for what's the other one? The Indianapolis Indianapolis
5: Motor Speedway and the Sprint Car.
3: That's a tougher one. Um, Indianapolis, who would be in there but isn't? I'm having a brain fart because we actually, I had this discussion in Indianapolis a couple months ago.
5: Well, I think the guy that I was thinking that you would would, uh, consider had a big connection to Milwaukee.
3: Am I four or the Marcheasies or... No, no. In uh, actually, a
5: driver, nineteen sixty-four, Rex or the
3: hundred-miler race, Jim Herterbees. Oh yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I yeah, I'm the biggest Jim Herterbees fan, but yeah, it's. I guess in the in the for not yeah. yeah Hall of Fame is not the Hall of Stats. I always like to say. And, and Herderby's stats at Indianapolis are, to be honest, awful. He only mm-hmm. completed the, 100, the 500 miles once, and that was in 62, when he got in and in subsant substandard car. And on the last day of qualifying, and actually finished the race in 13th, uh, but ran all day because he knew he didn't have a car that was going to be competitive. So he was just out there making laps, and he did finish the race, but... Came in in 1960, broke the track record, was the sensation, and people still talk about this down there to this day about Jim Herderby's fan favorite, and of course, uh, in '64, got burned at Milwaukee, uh, and and made a comeback, uh, won a race at Milwaukee, and one did did probably better in stock cars uh, than Indy cars on on the rest of the way. Uh, was not. Um, to put it bluntly, was very stubborn, in which uh, his probably one of his best friends was Parnelli Jones, and I'd had a uh, couple conversations with Parnelli about this, where he had offered her to be his rides at Indianapolis in his car in 69, and, and Herc, as he was called, turned him down, and Parnelli was really pissed at him for that and 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 really, they did not talk for many years after that, but they did uh, make up before uh, Herterby's died at a far-too-young age of, ironically, 56 and 89. But, um, yeah, is it's still... Uh, I have... A, my buddy has home movies where he's walking, he's just got the, the, the camcorder around in the late 80s walking around Gasoline Alley, and he sees Jim Herterby's, and, hey, Jim, and Jim Herterby comes, you know, says hi to him, and their fans were just... You know, was always were seeking him out and saying hi. And and he was just a really, really personable person to the fans and that. So yeah, Herta would be a good one. Um, for the Spring Car Hall of Fame, uh, that's an easy one right now. That would be for me, Robin Miller, just because he's oh, been okay. such a yeah, proponent good. for uh, uh spring car racing, especially over the last uh, twenty years on a national level. He's probably Push sprint car uh, aside, Tony Stewart. Uh, I think he's pushed sprint car racing uh, uh, on a national level more than anybody. And uh, yeah, I think Robin would be my, my pick me, for that. Let me throw
5: let me throw a name at you for the I am uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway Museum. What do you think Dwayne Sweeney's chances are of ever getting involved, getting inducted in there? Um, he had a real long run of being the yeah, he was- starter and.
3: Yeah, six, seventeen years. He was first. Uh, first year was in nineteen eighty, and and then his last one was the ninety six race, right. and and uh, it was flagged. It was not a flagman. He was a starter. That was one right, of his pet right, leaves. Y'all right. uh, says a flagman is who you see on, on the uh, on the highway, and uh, he was uh, another one that I met through my father growing up as a kid, and did so many things. Uh, for racing, especially locally but also in USAC and on a national level. So yeah, it, it, Dwayne was, was certainly a, a, a great ambassador for, for racing. And uh yeah, I, I that that would be guy would have no problem seeing him in the off him sounds great. So got time for one more? Uh real quick. Quick one here.
5: Who were the only father-son drivers to be disqualified from a
3: NASCAR Cup event? Both
5: father the father son. and the son were
3: disqualified. At the same race or at one time? Yes, overall? same
5: race,
3: same race. I know, I know. Lee Petty protested Richard in Toronto back in like '59 or something, and actually won the won the protest and took a win away from. Uh, Richard and that was very ironic because he was, you know, he won 200 races and if he would have won 199, I think Lee would have been taking some heat for that. (laughs) But uh, uh, father son, um, maybe Buck. I could. I I would guess Buck and Buddy Baker. No, you
5: had the uh, the father and the son right when you talked about Richard and. Oh, does Lee and Richard? Okay. Yeah, it was uh, had to do with the first uh, World 600 in Charlotte, and the track was breaking up. They were having real big uh, concrete problems. And they were uh, two of, I think, four or five people that cut short and uh, uh, avoided part of the track. And there was, I think, five uh, drivers that were disqualified, but both petties were disqualified.
3: Okay. Something highly unusual. Yes, it is certainly true. <laughs> not, 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 now they only do that at Talladega and uh, uh, Daytona now. What, Phoenix? They, they, they praise it. So <laughs> go figure. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Larry, you have you have yourself a safe and wonderful Memorial Day weekend, and we look forward to chatting with you uh, next week. Okay, Steve. Thanks a lot. You guys All take right. care. Bye bye. That was Larry Janicek on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. When we come back, we'll talk with uh, Fast Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com coming up next on the Final Inspection Show.
2: This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan.
3: Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. Steve Zaki, on a Memorial Day weekend and joining us on the Great Bend West Bank Hotline. It is Fast Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. Eddie, how are we doing this weekend?
1: Great. How are you, Steve?
3: Enjoying the weather. It's certainly nice out and getting stuff done around the house. I am not in Naptown, so I'm back in wow, Brewtown. Wow, so, kinda It's
1: kind of disappointing to Memorial Day weekend and, uh, no racing going on. It's kind of like an empty feeling this weekend.
3: Yeah, it is kind of weird. Um, but it, like I said, it, it, for me, it, it hasn't really set in that much, but, uh, yeah, it certainly is uh, different, but I'm trying to make the best out of it as most people are, you know, so I was able to spend, uh, some time, uh, with some friends, uh, last night and had an enjoyable evening. And then, uh, getting stuff done around the house today, tomorrow, and, and Monday, so, you know, just, it's, it, it, it's it's the life that we're living in right now, so, you know, what are we going to do about that, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. well, there's, so, there's no option, and it's, it's just, you know, I mean, I've been spending my time, uh, what is it, like, six or seven flights I've uh, rescheduled and canceled, and yeah. Rental cars, it's like a full-time job just trying to keep up with <laughs> the schedule of racing, too, the way they keep changing the dates. Uh, so hopefully we can start getting some car, uh, you know, with NASCAR going now. I mean, it's a good start. So we can mm-hmm. look forward to hopefully sports cars at Road America opening up, actually, will be the first race for them there yeah, in Road America.
3: You know, it's going to be different coming up next year, apparently, though. Of course, uh, a friend of ours is uh, Dan Banks, who's uh, a, f- a fixture with, within the, the paddock in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship Series. And uh, Dan Banks, uh, known most recently, of course, with Corvette racing, is retiring. And And what's the kind of word on the street about that? He's certainly a, a, a super nice guy, a fan favorite, too, that's going to be missed, won't he?
1: Well Wow. You only have a couple minutes to talk about him, but you could—I mean—you could talk about him for hours. I mean, the guy sure. does so much charity stuff. He's never turned me down for tours when I bring people and guests in. He, even when they're having a bad day, um, he still uh, keeps a smile. And it, it's really sad. I mean, I know a lot of race drivers. I know uh, Tommy Kendall. And Justin Bell were talking about it because Tommy Kendall with his Trans Am car going back a few years won seven championships with him. So, I mean, he's he's a fixture with uh, Corvette and going to be sadly missed. Unfortunately, I think with all that's going on right now, I think it was uh, – and with Jan Magnussen retiring or – Being pushed out, I don't want to be too blunt, but uh, I think with a lot of that stuff and the new car and lots of changes, there's lots of changes going on at uh, GM and Corvette, and I think it's really going to be challenging with what the world's going through with the pandemic and how manufacturers are going to react to this, because you know it's very important that they sell cars for the road. And you know, cars aren't selling right now, so yeah. But that's we, Dan. Well, mention I want
3: to mention because uh, I've i have been up there uh, witnessing what you and, and 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 photographer Jack Webster have donated to his charitable uh, uh, event that they do at uh, on that weekend, at Sports Car Weekend in uh, Road America. Tell tell the fans about that.
1: Well, I mean, Dan has a, a camp up. In, now, I can, you're going to have to refresh my memory where it exactly is. It's close to the track, um, and he brings these kids in. And he, he went on a limb with his father and made this camp successful. And with his charitable uh, proceeds at the races, these kids are able to come to this camp it's very similar to Paul Newman's camp. Yeah, very similar. And and Paul Paul Newman is was such a generous guy when it came to uh, giving back to the fans and stuff like that. But Dan uh, has that charity auction at Road America, and I wouldn't be surprised if he still had it this year. I think he'll be there in attendance. That's like his home race right there, and it's. You know the Corvette people are very passionate people, and he would they would have parts of the car to auction off and it was amazing. Uh, he had that up there every year and it was very successful.
3: yeah, it's a summer camp that for kids uh, seven to sixteen and uh, last year they were able to raise uh, twenty five thousand dollars. Uh, for it last year, and it, it it it's it's held in a tent at the Corvette Corral, and and it was really a neat. I mean, for the fans, I mean, there's a whole bunch of neat stuff from driver uniforms and 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 body panels. I mean, neat neat guy stuff for your for your your pad for your you know your your your, your for the guy pad or for your uh, garage. and You want something different hanging up on the wall? A lot of neat stuff, clothing, all sorts of memorabilia. And the one thing that kind of surprised me is that some of the stuff went for you know a decent price. I mean, I'm not saying it was was cheap, but it, the 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 pricing was competitive. And and for somebody, I mean, if 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 you went up there as a fan and you wanted something, there's a pretty good chance you're going to be able to walk away with something. There's that many items too. Uh, that was donated so that was pretty cool I, I thought that was a really neat event uh, the last few years that I've been able to uh, witness it live and certainly a neat well, uh, neat event
1: well Doug Sehan from GM just gives a full tilt push on that and he's actually there doing mm-hmm. the auctioning of the stuff and I mean they bring I mean I know Dan does a lot of the makes a lot of the stuff he made like crankshaft, lamps and I mean some of the stuff goes for 100 bucks. I mean I know one year they were raffling off pistons and I think they were $50 for a piston from the Corvette from Lamar. I mean it's like you can't even put a price tag how much it costs to make that and then all of a sudden they pulled out like 40 pistons and all the fans got one and that wanted to bid on them. They all paid $50, and they all got a... And it's just... It's really good to give back to the fans, especially Corvette fans. They're very passionate about the brand, GM and Corvette. And when you give them that, it, they really... You know, I mean, it's just a cool deal. And it, and it helps out that charity for those kids, too. And some of them are there, and... It's just an enjoyable atmosphere, especially when you're racing and it's high stress and you can go to that event and it's it's just a great uh, thing to add to the weekend.
3: Yeah, it certainly is. And, of course, uh, Road America, the uh, uh, the IMSA week at Sports Car Weekend, July 30th through August 2nd at Road America. And uh so how how are the teams managing? Final question with Eddie Lapine from racingnation.com joining us on the Great Midwest Bank hotline. How, how how are the teams managing? What's the what's the scuttlebutt you're hearing and how eager are they to get back uh ready to get back to well, racing? I mean,
1: well, I mean let's face it. I mean the drivers definitely want to get back. I mean I won't name names, but a lot of them are over the eye racing. And yeah. They're ready to get on the track, and especially Road America, such a great track to start the season at. Uh, they also, the teams, you know, some of them, the guys are got laid off, they're on furlough, and they all want to get back. I mean, that's, that's, that's what it's all about is this time of the year with racing, and I think it's just a difficult time for everybody when you see what's going on in the world, and I think... Once we can get by some of this and maybe open up some of the racetracks to let fans come in and just practice social distancing and, Mm -hmm. you know, wear a mask when you're around a lot of people, Uh, you want to be responsible, definitely. Yep.
3: Looking forward to it. Can't wait. And, uh, well, Eddie, we certainly appreciate you taking time out on your busy holiday weekend. Look forward to chatting with you again soon on the Final Inspection Show. Well, thanks a
1: lot, Steve. Appreciate All right. it. And um, happy
3: the weather's nice up there. Okay, it is. It has been. So it might get a little sprinkle later. But, uh, yeah, we're getting, getting stuff done and enjoying the weather here in Wisconsin. Now is Eddie Lapine in the Great Midwest Bank Hotline.
2: Has your passion outgrown your home? A Great Midwest Bank renovation loan may give you the space it deserves. Visit greatmidwestbank.com today. Simply local lending since 1935. And, Steve, there's actually a tornado watch in effect uh, in southern Wisconsin until 8 o'clock tonight. So might be more than a little bit of a sprinkle. <laughs>
3: Well, we'll see what happens. So, <laughs> all right. When we come back, we'll, we'll we'll talk to Chase Elliott, or we'll hear from Chase Elliott, who's talking to media down in Charlotte uh, for this weekend's World Six Hundred. Coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. Back to the final inspection, show, Steve Zaki. and we're here from Chase Elliott. He was asked by the NASCAR media about uh, after he was taken out by Kyle Busch and uh, flipping the bird, and how he thought there's even though there was no fans uh, at the track, was he what was he feeling the fans uh, in that moment?
0: Um, no, uh, no, I, I couldn't. It was more just. Uh, I was more just how I was feeling at the time. And uh yeah, it really didn't involve anybody else, but he and I.
2: and it looked like that Den- Denny got a little separation away from you right before you got hit by Kyle. I was curious were, were, did you get such a good run on Denny? Did you have to lift at all before getting hit by Kyle? or were you trying to set up a move coming into turn one?
0: Uh, no, I didn't lift. we were we were all uh, we were all wide open. Thank you.
4: Our next question will come from Jeff Gluck. Go ahead with your question,
2: Jeff. Chase Kyle said you guys had a good conversation, and he said you were a classy individual. Um, can you say from your end how that that conversation
1: went between you guys?
0: Yeah, we we talked about it, um, you know, and and like I've told a uh, oh well, like I told him, you know, I I don't I don't think he wrecked me on purpose, um, you know. I I think that he was you know, trying to make a spot that, that wasn't there. Um, you know, and, and much like I told him, you know, I I get that mistakes happen and you know, that's, uh, that's part of life. And, and, and I get it. Uh, he's just not a guy that makes many mistakes. So for me to be on the, you know, on the poor end of of, uh, a rare mistake on his end is, um, you know, at the end of the day, unfortunate for me and, and my team. Thank you.
4: Our next question will come from Jenna Fryer. Go ahead with your question, Jenna.
2: Hey, Chase. Um,
4: obviously, fans love the drama. They love to see, you know, a rivalry and a feud. Um, is that a comfortable spot for you to be in? Do you want to be in the middle of something like that?
0: Um, you know, I really don't care. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, uh, I, I think, you know, obviously I hate that it was me, uh, that got wrecked, but, um, you know, I, I want nothing more than, than to go win and, and try to do my part, uh, for, for my team. Um, but you know, that that's completely up to the people. And, you know, I know it's, it's gained a lot of traction and a lot of people talking about it. Um, you know, so that was ultimately, uh, it was a win for the sport. It was a, it was a loss for me and my team. Um, You know, but like I said, you know, like like you said, people, people love drama. They love uh, you know, they love talking about that stuff and uh, they've been doing a lot of it. So at the end of the day, um, you know, it's, uh, there's nothing that we can do about it, but I really don't care. I guess to answer your original question, it's kind of up to whatever people want to want to make of it.
2: Is it over now, or do you? Is it something that sticks with you? Do you have to retaliate? There's
4: been a lot of conversation about what you do next, as well. And thank you for your time.
0: Yeah, no problem. Um, yeah, I mean, I think for me, you know, I just, I just want to go win, and you know, I thought we had a, a really nice opportunity to try to grab a win there on Wednesday, uh, so that's my goal. You know, I, I uh, you know, I want nothing more than just to go and, and run well and you know, try to try to put ourselves in position to win to win a lot of races. And we've been lucky to have been in, in a few positions this year uh, or fast enough to win, just just hadn't worked out. So I'm hopeful that our day will come.
2: There he is, Chase Elliott, meeting with the NASCAR media after the race on Wednesday night where he was uh, sort of the focal point there with a, an impressive gesture after the race uh, that he did not win. That's going to do it for us here on the final inspection show. Mayor Mitch, Steve Zotke, Jeff Orlowski, Our thanks to Dave Coleman who joined us earlier in this hour to talk about the upcoming races at Road America. That will not be happening as soon as expected. And also, no racing this weekend with the Indy 500. That's coming up later on in the summer. That's going to do it for us here on the Final Inspection Show. Talk to you guys next week. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?